Okay, Parshas Vayeshev. A few ideas on Parshas Vayeshev. At the end of Parshas Vayishlach, the Torah is Marich Ma'oid about the Yichos of Esav. Alufei Esav. His wives, his children, all the Mamzerim. And there's a question. Why does the Torah speak at length about the uh, family of Esav? And Rashi says, well, basically, it's to tell you they're all Mamzerim. But it seems like a lot of real estate is dedicated to the family of Esav. And it's quite large and impressive family. There are there are, there are a lot of people there. Perhaps we could say, Rashi says in the beginning of this week's parasha, it's actually it's Rashi Yashan, that Rashi says that Esav is like straw and Yosef is fire. And when the Pishtani carries in all the hay, the question is, where is it all going to go? But all it takes is one spark to burn it all up. So basically we could suggest that the reason why the Torah is so marich about the family of Esav is basically to give us insight into the power of Yosef HaTzadik. Because Yosef is the antidote of Esav. So you want to know how powerful Vela told Yosef Yaakov Yosef is? Yosef destroys Esav. And you know how big Esav is? Look at the end of Yishlach. Look how big Esav is. And Yosef knocks him off like that. So we don't, we're not marich about the family of Esav per se to, to know about the family of Esav. We're marich about the family of Esav in order to gain an appreciation for the power of Yosef HaTzadik. Okay, we have here on the sheet an amazing remez to the 44 candles of Hanukkah that we've mentioned many times. So I am, uh, I'm going to let you read it on your own. You could subscribe to it. You'll see it. I want to tell you a few new things now. Ruvain wanted to sell Yosef. He didn't want to kill him. But really his plan was throw him into the pit and he was going to rescue him. And lo and behold, Ruvain never came back. Why not? The plan was Ruvain's kavan was throw him into the pit so he would come back and rescue him. Why didn't Ruvain ever come back? Rashi says he was busy. What was he busy doing? He was busy doing tshuva. Doing tshuva for what? For being mevalbel, the bed of Bila. So it comes out very interestingly that it's true perhaps that Ruvain did not sin that egregiously, egregiously with Bila. It might have only been minor. But because of that minor sin that he was doing tshuva from, he never had the chance to go back and save Yosef. So it comes out that even though Ruvain only sinned perhaps in a very small way, but that little Avera got in the way of him being able to rescue Yosef. So it could be that when the Pasuk says, you know, we learned on Wednesday that Ruvain was a Gilgal of Rebbe Lezeb and Horkinus. And Rebbe Lezeb and Horkinus darshans that Ruvain sinned with Bila. Which is very difficult to say. Ruvain actually lived with Bila. How could such a thing be? Other Tanoim say that Ruvain was the one who was standing on her Eval when Hashem said, Or Shoichem Aviv. 
So how could Rebbe Lezer ben Horkina say that Ruvain sinned with Bila? No, maybe the meaning is not that he sinned with Bila, but what he did to Bila, even though at first glance it seemed very minor, but ultimately it caused Mechiras Yosef. So Rebbe Lezer ben Horkinus, who knew who by who was Ruvain, who tried to save Yosef, but he was not able to, so it, it turns out that this minor sin ended up being much more magnified because of its repercussions. It's also interesting like this, Chazal tell us that on that fateful day when Yosef encountered Eishas Poitifera and Yosef did overcome the challenge, the Gemara Saita says that he emitted ten tipais. Chazal tell us those ten tipais were ten Children that Yosef would have had. Yosef only had two children. He would have had twelve. So now let's go back to the Pasuk. Ruvain went and he meddled around with Billah's bed. And Yaakov had twelve children. Huh? What's the connection? Connections like this. Had Ruvain not meddled in Billah's bed, Ruvain would have had enough time to come back and save Yosef. He would have been able to save Yosef. Then not only would Yaakov have had 12 children, Yosef also would have had 12 children. Now that Ruvain did what he did, now only Yaakov had 12 children. But had he not done, Yaakov and Yosef would have had 12 children. Okay. We just had the Zuchus to be at the house of Avraham Avinu. Say what? When were you at the house of Avraham Avinu? Yep. I went to his house. In fact, members of his house sent a shliach to my house two days ago. How's that? Well, we were in the Chevron Yeshiva. Not Yeshiva Chevron in Yerushalayim. We were in Yeshiva's Shavei Chevron. And Yeshiva Shavei Chevron is in Beis Romano. And there's a tradition that based Ramano, where the Stechemed lived, is the house of Avraham Avinu. In fact, Reb Chaim Kenevsky himself said that that yeshiva is built at the house of Avraham Avinu. Does anybody know what event in this week's parsha happened at the house of Avraham Avinu? I'm going to give you a few seconds to think about it. What event in this week's parsha? Happened at the house of Avraham Avinu. It says Rashi, Yehuda stood be Pesach Einayim. He stood at the crossroads. Rashi says that's the doorway of Avraham Avinu. And Chazal tell us the Malach came and pushed Yehuda onto Tamar because the Malach said, "Where are kings going to come from?" So it comes out that the Malchus Beis David emanated. From the bias of Avraham Avinu. Why? Because Hashem told him, Kings are going to come from you. When God tells somebody something's going to happen, and He told it to Avraham in Hebron, and He probably told it to him in his house, so in all likelihood, that's where it came to fruition. Okay. This next idea might be the best original thought on now, somebody this week mentioned to me that he thinks he saw it in one of Ram Gamliel's farim. 
In all honesty, I think I thought of it. But if I didn't, then I didn't. And then, But um, I don't think I saw in Ram Gamliel. I think this is out of this world. Two times in this week's parasha it says the word Vayimain. Did you notice that? Vayimain. The famous Shalshalas. That Yosef refused Aisha's Poitifera. Chazal say he realized that if he falls and he's Nechshal, he will destroy his legacy and the chain of Kali so that would come from him. But it says Vayimain another time in this week's parsha, And that is, it says Vayimain by Yaakov Avinu. Vayimain lehisnachem. They told Yaakov, your son is dead! I will not be consoled. I'm not going to stop thinking about him. I saw Yaakov sensed he was alive. Yaakov did not give up on Yosef HaTzadik. He refused to give up on him. He refused to stop thinking about him. He refused to be consoled. He would not get Yaakov, he would not take Yosef out of his mind. When Yosef was faced with that challenge, how did he overcome the challenge? Because he saw the image of his father. Why do you think he saw the image of his father? You think this is some kind of hocus pocus that Beruach HaKodesh, maybe? But I would humbly suggest that we know there's a principle says that if I think about someone, that person will think about me. Vayigash, I love Yehuda, that what Yehuda was doing is he was engendering a feeling of closeness to Yosef. That would influence Yosef's heart. When I think about you, you think about me. The Panam Yafais writes, <clears throat> Why do we always have Avas Hashem? Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is a Kael Chai, He's a living God. He's always thinking about us. So we respond in kind, we always think about Him. Libi Oimerli, the reason why the image of Yaakov Avinu appears to Yosef HaTzadik is because Yaakov was always thinking about Yosef. So then, of course, the image of Yaakov Avinu will appear to Yosef HaTzadik. Because Vayemoim lehisnachem, therefore Vayemoim. Mavraboisai. Now, your favorite time of the week. Okay? Here we go. Ah, there's so many questions that nobody's going to know the answer to this week. Okay, what are we going to do?